0: Social with Eddie Stin Jr. We are back, and this is a special episode for those that have been counting or have been following the show since the very beginning. This is episode number 100. Yes, 100 episodes. I'm look, I don't even know how to you know properly put into perspective having 100 episodes in anything, whether it's a TV show, radio show, podcast. This is a big deal for me, and I just Really want to thank everybody that's been tuning in and been following the show. If this is the first episode you're listening to, you have plenty of time to catch up. But uh, this is a, a great a great feeling to know that 100 episodes of this show that when I originally started it, I wasn't sure if it was a, a good idea to do a show by myself, interviewing uh, different people in sports, whether they were media personnel or they were players former players current um you have entertainers who also do a, know a lot about sports just i i wanted to do a show that was basically as nerdy uh should i you know i had to use the word nerdy because that's the best way i look at it of a sports show that i could think of i didn't want it to be the ultimate oh wow like we're gonna get this this ultimate cool person let's do this let's You know, I want it to be a very standard, everybody can relate to it type of show. And you're going to have a wide net of different type of guests here, whether they're actors, actresses, uh, like I said, other entertainers. Everyone's welcome for this type of show. And I just want to thank everybody that's been tuning in and supporting it and, you know, being able to win a couple of awards along the way for this show has been amazing. And just like I said, this is number 100. And I, for the, for the longest, I was thinking about, okay, when I get to episode 100, what do I do? What is the special thing I'm going to do? You know, I, I don't want it to be like any other episode. I want it to be something a little special with it. You know, something to add a little more umph to the situation. So, what I decided to do was go to the Atlantic Antic. And for those that don't know what the Atlantic Antic is, it's uh, the biggest street festival in Brooklyn. It happens once a year. It's uh, every fall you pretty much September, and I got the opportunity to be there with Brooklyn Free Speech and talk to different people, not only about Brooklyn Free Speech Radio and all the great things that are going on there, but just about my show itself and being out there with the people, with the microphone, and, and just getting their thoughts on sports. Just that's all it was. Just just talk to them about sports. I didn't want to let them know too much. I didn't let them know about the show. I didn't want to go too deep into you know what. I was trying to pull from it. I didn't want to pull and be like, hey, come over here, this one hundredth episode. I just wanted people to give their genuine opinion on sports. And I got a couple of people to talk and you you'll be surprised with some of the stuff that they uh came up with. Uh especially we had this one uh this this one young man who uh and I say young and I'm being very sarcastic, he's an older gentleman, I should say. He decided that he wanted to talk about cycling because that's something that I haven't spoken about on the show. And every time I, I do one of these episodes, at the end I always say, hit me up if you have any ideas of a, a show topic or something I may not have you know, discussed. That's how we've got episodes like with soccer, um, with hockey. We're going to do more hockey episodes as well. He wanted to talk about cycling. And, and you've got to hear how deep he goes into cycling. It's really uh, inspiring stuff for the, for the most part because it lets you know what everyone likes out here it's not just everyone doesn't have a universal sport that they like i have a sport that i like you have a sport that you like it, it's just a lot of sharing in regards to preferences and and a lot of learning and that's that's really one of the biggest things i want to bring from it so i'm going to play him a little bit later in the show and uh just give you guys a little insight on that world also i had the the uh fortunate opportunity to uh, speak with several people from the fire departments, not just in New York City, but from all over. I'm talking about from Virginia, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. They were all here for a special uh, chili cook-off contest, and it was all for raising money for their different departments and, you know, helping out with their charities and stuff back home. It was a uh, really interesting competition, and I I... First of all, I was blown away by how delicious the food was. Just want to put that out there. So thank you to everybody involved with that. And also, I got to speak with Station 19 star. That's the show on ABC, a spinoff from Grey's Anatomy, Mr. Jason George. He was there as a special guest judge. Got to speak with him. I'm going to let you guys listen to that. He had a lot of great insight. He was definitely not only into his role as a firefighter, but also into just the culture and, and learning about what, how the day-to-day goes. I mean, I, I was just watching this guy in the process. He was literally just following everybody that was a, a firefighter around, talking to him, getting ideas, sharing stories. And I th- I just thought that was really cool and a, a really good look for him there. So uh, I definitely want you guys to check that out. Just a little background regarding the entire event. It's the second year in a row. It was Hormel Chili teaming up with the National Fallen Firefighters F- Foundation. And uh, this is to honor America's heroic fire firefighters, of course. It took place at the New York City Fire Museum over on Spring Street in Lower Manhattan. And uh, it was just great in terms of the different finalists, and they were just going at it. Just to uh, give people uh, a little bit of a breakdown, we had Eddie, Milton, Garrett, Dan, and Alex, all firefighters from different parts of the country. We have from Dallas, Texas, from Virginia, from Minnesota, from Rhode Island, and from Florida all coming to New York for this national competition. It was really a lot of fun, and it was all for a great cause. So definitely stay tuned for that. Also, the other big thing that was happening this week for, I should say, uh, probably a majority of the teams out there, 28 of the 30 teams, because you had two teams get ready for China. NBA Media Day kicked off on Monday and a lot of different sounds from that. Just uh, you know, obviously the, the whole Enos Cantor thing. I'm gonna I'm not gonna play it, but I am gonna just give you the breakdown basically because he said, you know, when he thinks of the playoffs, it makes his nipples hard. And uh that was a, a nice little tidbit for social media. But is Enos Cantor, what can you expect? Uh the Knicks obviously were one of the teams uh, taking pictures and talking with the media. Chris Porzingis, you gotta hear from him and uh just uh, a couple of the other players on the team as well as from the brooklyn nets they also had their media day on monday also a uh big development in terms of the last i say week or so dwayne wade finally signed with the miami heat and he made his dramatic announcement that this would be his last season in a special youtube video called last dance and in last dance he uh Basically breaks down the ending of his career. He's very detailed. I'm going to play the entire thing. So you guys can stay tuned for that. And uh, just share your thoughts on Dwayne Wade finally leaving the game. And, uh, you know, i got to be honest with you. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. You cannot take that away from him. The guy was dominant when he was in his prime. He was also a, very, a really good complimentary player with LeBron James. The guy still put up numbers. Even towards the end of his career. When he could barely uh, move the way he used to. So... I, you know, hats off to Dwayne Wade. I don't think I'll put him in the same, you know, breath as a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant, but I think the guy is, like, right there. If you want to talk about, like, the, the just an inch below, he is right there. Definitely for what he's done with the Miami Heat, winning all those titles with LeBron and without LeBron. So, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade, I think people should really honor him and uh, show him some respect. I don't think they're going to do the full Kobe, you know, retirement tour thing with him, but... We'll see I, I think he does deserve a lot of love in certain cities for his contributions to the game, and he's just one of those players that is just gonna become iconic with what the NBA has always been about. so I really you know hats off to Dwayne Wade, uh, one of my favorites when he was definitely in his prime, so uh, this is his last season as always, this is episode 100, so you guys know the drill hit me up on Twitter as well as Instagram that's at Ed Easton Jr. on both. And let me know what you think, what, what should I have on the show, who should I talk to, and uh, let's, let's go from there. So we're going to step aside for a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie St. Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Okay, Sports Social with Eddie Easton junior Jr. We're here right now with Danny, who's here at the Atlantic Antic. And then i got to ask you, you're, you're a huge Giants fan, right? Yeah. 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 He goes, yeah, yeah. It's because of the way he been playing, so you're like, I don't know, right? Uh, yeah. I've liked him for a while. I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, most the bad. Most of bad? Yeah. All right, so what do you think of Saquon Barkley? You know, he's the first pick. What do you think? I don't know. i be excited to see something besides a shotgun
1: draw for a chance. Okay. He seems like he has potential. He's running the ball. still the offensive line. I don't know about it. Eric Flowers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, my last one real quick. Eli Manning, you think he has to retire after this year? I think he's got a couple
1: more years left. A couple more years? A couple more years. OK. You should start looking into a new one, but I think it's got
0: a couple of years left. So. All right. There you have it. All right. So we got Danny here. Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. We are here at the Atlantic Attic. OK. I'm here with Mike. Mike, you're a big cycling expert, correct?
2: Uh, Not expert yeah, exactly, but I've been
0: following this since I was
2: a uh, uh, lad, which is like 60 years ago. So. And I don't used to be a cyclist. And uh, it's not just about the Tour of France of course there are other races. Uh, anybody who's a true believer in this will follow the uh, fortunes of uh, the European classic races, which is one day, uh, one day races, and uh, highly covered in, as um, uh, accolades to Korea. career. So. Well, unfortunately, nowadays the accent is mostly on the Tour de France. But um, a complete rider, the, all
3: the, the acknowledged
2: greats of cycling, have more than just the Tour de France. their credit, they won the one-day races, they won different, different types of races. So it's not just the races where all the sponsors are putting up all the money, and so all the um, coverage uh, on TV and then after that it might just, the site might just well as not exist. Right. Which is, a take the New York Times, right? The, the paper of record. It was hard to find the results of the Tour of Spain, which is a, one of the three big tours of the year. Tour de France, Tour of Italy, Tour of Spain. They they covered it for two days to get the result, and then you couldn't find it anywhere in the paper. So, as I'm saying, it's um, it's all about of comes and goes, and people are not really aware that this actually exists anymore. Tour of Spain must have only been two days long. You know what I'm saying, all the coverage it gets. Anyway, that's that's my the extent of my expertise. So we give, give, give one quick
0: question. One quick yeah. question. So you said obviously you gave all your description about cycling and the importance. Lance Armstrong. Do you consider him still a champion after all the controversy? Really quick. Well,
2: only because everybody else was doing the same thing. But his drug thing was so was so much better organized. It had all the money that the U. S. could put behind it. and it was completely completely. Uh, <laughs> wrong it's wrong it's intrinsically wrong morally wrong and it doesn't do with sport any good because if you can't if you can't afford the drugs then you might just ignore wrong while they're competing that was the kind of attitude that prevailed in the last Armstrong last Armstrong
3: deserves
2: <laughs> all the disgrace he got okay? I appreciate it.
3: thank
2: Thanks. you man alright so what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, listening to a little bit of my
0: show Oh,
1: right was now. fun. you got a good personality to it What's yeah. it? I only got, like, the first, like, two minutes. <laughs> well, like, that's like a
0: teaser, so you get the rest of it, you can just go home, log on to SoundCloud. I was cloud, intrigued, I wanted feet. more. That's all I needed. Yeah. I needed. I needed for you to be intrigued, so <laughs> I appreciate
4: it. Price right, price yeah. right. right, right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cool, What's <laughs> it? can I say the Yankees suck and they're not going to lose the wild card game to the A's?
0: <laughs> hey, you know what?
1: I like it's the Yankees, great. I like the Yankees at all, but they're going to lose the wild card game. I got a question for you. Yes. Do you think it's Aaron Boone's fault? Partly,
0: only because he has to get that uh, that bullpen situated. And, and Girardi was a great roles. bullpen man. He was, was, was over overmanaged man. the bullpen. That's why they got rid of him. Yeah, and you got a guy who doesn't manage it as well, and you see the difference between last year and this year. Yeah. So you kind of get got to pick your poison. Well, so I was glad to see Girardi go first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 We're making we're making podcasts.
2: iHeart with- Radio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app.
5: I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
6: When you first come in the league, the vets tell you, they say, young fella, it's gonna go by fast. You think at that time, ah, I'm just getting started. As I, as I stand here today, September 16th, roughly 1.15 p.m., I'm here to tell you, it goes by fast. It's been a tough summer. This has been a summer for me that not a lot of athletes want to see this time come. Well, you have to decide if you want to continue to play the game that you love, continue to play the game that you've played for, for me, 31 years, since I was five. Or if you want to walk away, if you want to do something else, if you want to Clear the path and let the next generation come. And it's a lot of emotions that go with that. You ask yourself so many questions. You're like, can I physically do it? Can I physically get out of bed every day to do this? Can I deal with every step hurting in the morning? Can I deal with the travel? Can I be away from my family? Is it selfish of me wanting to continue to be away from my family? Can I miss my son games? Can I miss my son? Can I not be there in moments that they need me? Can I not read to my kids as much as I want? Can I not be there to support my wife? It's all these things, and these things to you guys may seem small, but to me they real. I feel like my family have put me first for so many years for good reasons, but I feel like it comes a point in time where we all got to think about someone else and especially the ones around you that have supported you, supported your dream, supported your journey, like my family have. Give you all a quick run through of my life. A lot of you guys see me as a three-time champion, a 12-time All-Star, an Olympic gold medalist. But what y'all didn't see, y'all didn't see that kid that no one seen because he was small, because he couldn't shoot as good as everybody else, because he wasn't athletic as everybody else, because he was from the inner city of Chicago, because he lived in a town called Robbins, Illinois, y'all didn't see that person. Y'all didn't see the grind. Y'all didn't see the the tears. Y'all didn't see the moments where it just looked like it, it wouldn't happen. So everybody have these ideas of who I supposed to be and what I supposed to be and how I supposed to be it. I didn't have those ideas. I just had a dream of, of being in the NBA. And man, as I sit here 15 years later, how did I end up having a career and a life so far in this game of basketball that I've had? I didn't play varsity until my junior year. I wasn't good enough to play, because I didn't play. I had three scholarship offers to go to school. Three and a half, I had a partial one to another school. I had to sit out my first year when I went to college. I couldn't play. I got drafted fifth in the NBA draft in 2003, but it wasn't about me. But I worked. I believed I believed that if I put the work in if I laid it all out there if I gave everything to this game I can walk away from this game with my head up high and people along the way along this journey told me young fella you can't keep playing that way you can't keep playing that way you're not going to last long and maybe they're right maybe they was right maybe if I would have became more of a jump shooter if I became more of this I wouldn't be sitting here at 36 years old asking myself do I want to walk away from this game but that's not me. You guys know me, when I'm into something, when I believe in something, I go 110% into it. And that's what I did. So I gave my body up. I gave my, my county up. I gave my money up. I gave everything up to, to, to get to that dream, that goal that I always wanted to get to. And that's the feeling of being a champion. That's the feeling of being a part of something that's bigger than you. I've always wanted that from where I grew up in the inner city of Chicago. I always wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than me. And this game has been that. It's been bigger than me. It's been bigger than how many points I can score. It's been bigger than how many times I hear my name in the starting lineup. It's been bigger than it's been bigger than. So as I stand in front of this camera today, as I talk with nobody in this room, I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to my fans, and I want to say, Alone the journey, the people that supported me before the world knew me, thank you. The ones that push me when I'm down, the ones that tell me I can keep doing it, my family, my wife, my mom, my sister, my, so forth and so on, thank you. But I also wanna thank my fans along this journey, the ones that got a chance to know me, the ones that's tried to get a chance to know me. Thank you guys for the love, man. Like, Wade County, I have a county A lot of you guys don't know because y'all look at us as superheroes. Kids look at you as superheroes. You guys see us on TV, y'all look at us as as superheroes, but we're human. I lost somebody very important in my life. And when I lost, when I lost Hank, I lost a part of me. You know, I, I lost a part of the joy in the game of basketball. From a kid, we always play to make people proud. I want your mom proud. You want your dad proud. You know, at one point I wanted my older brother proud. When Hank came in my life, I wanted Hank to be proud of me. Part of this journey. And with him not being there last year, that was it. I lost something from this game. And me getting traded back to Miami, it helped. But it wasn't enough. Dang. (laughs) So this decision is bigger than the game of basketball. This decision don't have nothing to do with the talent that I have in my body. Yeah, I'm not as quick as I used to be. Yeah, I don't jump as high as I used to. And boy, I used to get up. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. But there's things in this game that I have that I can write a book on, that I can still do and I can still accomplish. With an organization, with a team, with the right individual, with the right coach, in the right situation. But it's a lot of things you guys don't know that we deal with. And I have dealt with this summer to make this decision. And this is the hardest decision that I've ever had to make. But it's one of the best decisions that I've had to make as well. To be in this position. To be in this position that I'm in. To have the career that I've had. I can't do nothing but smile on it. I can't do nothing but just enjoy it like I've had. So this decision is not easy. It's not. And I've asked myself why and why not and what and what not and all these things. And I've heard everything from my family to my fans around the world of what I should and shouldn't do but I've always did things my way. Whether they've been good or whether they've been bad, I got here because I've done things the way that I feel is right for me, and that was right for my family. And what I feel is right, I feel is right to ask you guys to join me for one last dance, for one last season. This is it. I've given this game everything that I have And I'm happy about that. And I'm gonna give it for one last season, everything else I have left. And when I walk away, I'm still gonna love it. I'm still gonna wanna play it. I'm still gonna miss the playoff moments. I'm still gonna miss the crowd cheering my name. I'm still gonna miss 20,000 booing for me. I said booing for me, because that's what they doing. But I ask y'all, let's enjoy it. Let's have some joy through this last season. Let's push this young team over the hump and let's write our own story to the end of this career, together. Together. Season 1-6. Internally, we call it Sweet 16. It's coming to the arena real soon.
7: Feeling good. Uh, leg is getting stronger. Feeling really, really good. Doing some stuff on the court already, shooting, uh, live running. So making progress every day. And, um, Timetable there's no timetable yet you know we're we're moving forward we're progressing every day and and uh, whenever i'm i'm ready i'm going to be back i'm running i'm running um it's it's a progression you know I'm not sprinting yet but but i'm 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 doing some running and uh and uh as i said i mean every day is a little bit a little bit of progress something new so uh i'm i'm I feel good with where I am right now. It's good that I have a good team around me, good people around me that are holding me back when I need to be held back, and and uh, and telling me to be patient when I need to be more patient. So um, it's been it's been a long process. Already been seven and a half months. Um, so obviously you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting itchy, and I want to I want to be back on the court as soon as possible. But but uh, it won't happen until I am 110 percent and 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 I'm medically cleared. So.
1: Chris, I know that you only know, spent a couple of days with Coach Fisdale, but based on your time with him at home, did you get the impression that he's the kind of coach that can push you to where you want
7: to be offensively and defensively? I believe so. I believe so. I believe that he's, he's that type of person that uh, wants to, you know, get the maximum out of each, you know, player around him. So um, I think me and him, we, we could work together really well with him being able to, you know, ask those things of me and, and me you know, keep pushing and, and try to achieve those things which are also my goals so I think we're on the same page there.
8: You've probably seen some highlights of Kevin Knox you've now probably seen him in person play a little bit. What's your impressions of him and how are you guys getting along and what do you envision as a tandem at yeah. some point this season?
7: Yeah he had, some, he had some really good highlights in the summer league uh, I watched a little bit of summer league and um, I haven't really seen him in person yet uh, working out or, or basketball wise I've just seen some conditioning stuff so um, but I'm looking forward to you know, getting to know him more and, and, and seeing you know, uh, how he plays and how he thinks and, and so on.
8: With so many new players and, and a lot of youth, how will you go through this progress of your rehab? Will you be with the team a lot, travel? What's sort of the process and the plan right now for you?
7: That's, that's something we still have to figure out. Uh, we're still scheduling all that stuff. But as I said, I want to be around the guys as much as possible, be, be with the team as much as possible. So that's something uh, we, have to, we have to plan.
9: I mean, I can't wait to get in front of the fans. Uh, I know it gets pretty crazy in there, so I'm really looking forward to finally uh, stepping on the Madison Square Garden and be able to play in front of the fans. I mean, it's going to be a great experience. I mean, I'm up to the challenge. I mean, I know it's a hard place to play in, but, I mean, uh, that's where i kind of been raised at. I mean, I work really hard to be where I'm at now, so I'm definitely uh, ready to embrace that challenge me and Coach Fitz talk a lot. I mean, uh, one of the things he tells me, he wants me to uh, play freely. I mean, he's not going to put no position on me. Uh, He kind of wants everyone to play positionless basketball. I mean, he's not going to put nobody in the box. So, I mean, he just kind of gets that message to everyone on the team, just to go out and do what you do best. Personal goal is to win. I mean, that's kind of the only thing that's been on my mind this whole summer. It's going to be on mine throughout the whole season, uh, just to get better as a player, uh, get better as a team, uh, get to learn everyone on the team and and my most ultimate goal right now is to win and get as many wins as possible. And you know, I just feel like we had one of the better summers at of the NA, NBA team uh, this year, this, uh, this uh, upcoming season. I mean, uh, with the work we put in this summer, uh, we got uh, everyone in great shape. I mean, the energy we have in the locker room, on the court, I mean, it's just fun to be around. And I feel like that we have a kind of a bond, a chemistry that's going to help us on the court. I mean, we've been together all summer, uh, like 14 guys, uh, been in the gym playing pickup every day. so. I just feel like the energy we have right now—it's it's, going to uh, go on towards the season, and we're going to have a great year together. You, know, you felt like you were better than a lot of the guys you were drafted. Never drafted ahead of you.
8: Uh, I tell you
1: that. Your reaction to that you was know what? I mean, just—I
8: mean, those guys—they deserve what they got. They—they uh, they just as hard as me. I mean, they apparently they did something to get them where they are. But I mean, I just feel like. Uh, play the game the right way and done it in college we we win games and I don't understand why you don't want winners but at the same time I'm happy where I'm at and I'm glad that I'm on Brooklyn net did it bother you at all, not hearing your name called? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a competitive guy, so at the same time, I, I wanted to hear my name called. It's been a dream of mine. I feel like that's every person that goes into the NBA dream to hear that name called on that night. But at the same time, I'm here, and I'm um, with Brooklyn, so I'm excited.
5: How quickly after the draft did, you, did they contract
8: you? Uh, literally, the draft wasn't even over yet. <laughs> so I knew I was going to come here for... Um, to compete and go to train, go to um, summer league with them before the draft even ended. One of the other things he also said was that he feels like the style of play
10: is actually gonna help you. you yeah. know, this team likes to spread the floor, mm-hmm. run, shoot threes. Yep. And you weren't really known for your three-point
8: shot in college, but he feels like now,
10: sort of that encouragement is going to help you.
8: So oh, now you yeah, say what? Definitely, I mean, I think the biggest thing with everything is confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's a new start for me. Um, Just coming in and understanding, we have so many guys that are sort of similar to me. With like Spence, Uh, I've just been watching him a lot during this offseason. Just how he plays the game and controls the game, and his size, the way he handles the ball and make plays. Uh, It's a lot of and they encourage you to shoot here. I oh, mean, yeah. if you don't shoot it, you get yelled at basically. So right. uh, it's, it's, it's been a definitely big change for me, but it's been, it's been fun also. You're also kind of like a point forward. So how mm-hmm. much do you feel like that's
10: gonna help you also with spacing and things of that nature?
8: Uh, Big time. I mean, it's just, we have so many interchangeable spots on the floor and with Especially at Carolina, when I had to know one through four. Uh, it's going to help me out here understanding that I can do that as far as not just knowing one position, I can know multiple positions. Yeah. How much do you feel like sort
3: of that big game experience in North Carolina, you know, having those big games every yeah. night, is going to help you
8: here. Yeah, playing table. in a football stadium changes yeah. <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, it's, hard, it's hard to top that. It really is. I mean, I know it's college and this is a whole different level, but with that magnitude going back to back, it's, 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 huge. Yeah. You already had a taste at the Barclays Center, too. Oh, yeah. ACC Tournament. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I play well in the Barclays, so I guess, like, they, they took an account for that.
11: Uh, you shot 22% from three
8: mm-hmm. in
10: your last year at North Carolina, and then shot 42% in, uh-huh. the, in the,
8: in the summer league. Yeah.
10: What
8: uh, like you said, I mean, I guess it's just confidence and, Knowing that I'm able to shoot the ball, I know I can. But uh, we—they encourage you to shoot here, and uh, <laughs> I guess when you got the freedom to go ahead and shoot it, you, you got more confidence to just let did it they, go.
1: Did they work with you on your shot? No, they didn't. I mean, we, just <laughs> we
8: literally had like four days of practice. They even told me they're like, "Well, we didn't expect you to come shoot 42 percent," but uh, good. <laughs> so it was—it yeah, was a good, good little tournament for me.
12: How
1: close do you feel you weren't able to get back to your form when you came back from the injury? I know it took a little while to get your legs under you, but by the end of the season, how close to your form do you think you were? Uh, it's
6: hard to tell, you know, because my I would say my role completely changed. So getting back to where I was at, hey, I it, 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 it was different. So um, I think it's, as far as how I felt, speaking on that part, I felt great. You know? um, I
4: still felt like I could, I could be stronger at any, any given time. So, uh, that's what I want to
2: focus on.
11: And in terms
2: of, uh, I mean, in terms of team defense, do you expect, I mean, obviously you guys don't know going on, right? but I mean, is the de-
1: team defense gonna have to get be better set each guys
2: be sure. individually? Sure. Or is it more
4: a matter of like, tweaking scheme? That and- scheme, um, and then it's hard, man. It's, I think it's uh, one of the hardest, you know, hardest thing people, people don't really understand is, is defense in this league, you got know? better offense over better defense any day. With that.
12: Just trying to be at the, in the right place at the right time. Um, perfect them a little. You know, every possession is what we, what I want to preach. Um, and
6: I think it's been on the stream defensively. Um, you know. What's
10: been your impression of the scrimmages you guys have had over the summer, last couple of weeks? Just the talent. Like I said, I, I think we got you know great guys that have added. You know, guys got better this summer. Um, so. I
3: and stuff were, were very competitive. Um, everybody got after That was that I enjoyed most. Team, right? mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You compete with we decided for the second year in this system, season, mm-hmm. season now, and we saw Joe Harris, French community. Ron, they a big
4: step last year in their second
13: year. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, Harris, guys so you could take
12: that step Yeah, right. I everybody was in, there in this there was no at, you They've been working numerous amounts of hours many um, hours, so you know, looking forward to seeing those good work, NFC, AFC, offensive linemen, defensive tackles, quarterbacks, and cornerbacks are all working with United Way, for a million little reasons, the kids of our communities, to ensure their academic success all the way to graduation day. You see, it takes about 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes the same time to create a dropout and the difference between a kid becoming one or the other could be a professional athlete, or it could be you. Studies showed the earlier we get to kids, the better their chances. So become a United Way volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor, and make a difference in the life of a child, for the life of that child. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Join your favorite NFL players. Take the pledge. Go to UnitedWay.org.
0: I just want to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on the event so far and just putting it together?
1: So far it's been a great event. Uh, We've had a lot of really good community support from people around the country rallying behind their firefighters. And it's really cool to see family and friends and folks from the firehouse here to support everybody here today.
0: And um, what are you expecting, uh, just for people that are supporting, what are you expecting them to do in terms of, like, just giving back to the, to the firefighters in the, in the departments? Because obviously we're here in the museum right now.
1: Yep. So the big part of this event is obviously we're here to recognize America's best firehouse, Chile. Um, but the even bigger part of it is to really thank the firefighters for the tremendous service that they give day in and day out in their community. In fact, Hormel Foods, as part of this, is not only donating $10,000 to the winning firehouse, but we're making a $20,000 donation to the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation as well. Um, Really great partners, and we're really humbled as a brand and just even personally to be involved with that group.
0: How does it feel to um, have Jason George here, obviously, from Station 19 here
1: on, on ABC? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on having his presence here? It's a great fit to have him. <laughs> uh, it's great fit to have Jason George here partnering with the brand. Um, you know, Chili and firehouses come together and really connect really well. Um, and so if you add in a hit show, plus Hormel Chili, plus firehouses, you just can't go wrong. It's a great trifecta.
0: I hear that. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: All right, Jason. Uh, how's it going, man? Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. And uh, just how does it feel to be a part of uh, this type of event, working with the firefighters?
4: No, look, this is fantastic. Uh, when Hormel reached out to me and said, you know, "We're doing a, we're, we're trying to give money to the Fallen Firefighter Foundation, and we're trying to give respect to the you know, the, the firefighters who, you know." bravely serve their communities, it just seemed like a no-brainer to me. They gave them $20,000 to the Fallen Fighter Fighters Foundation. Ten grand to whoever wins the chili cook-off. And if you've ever been to a fire station, you know, the instant you walk in, Mm -hmm. you see the toys, the truck, Mm -hmm. the engine, the aid car, but then you get upstairs and the smells hit you because it honestly becomes... Nobody talks more trash than firefighters, (laughs) you know, when they're off duty. And the only thing you can really talk trash about is, besides how you fight fires, is how you cook. So that's always a competition in every firehouse. I mean, the Station 20, the one that uh, Station 19 is based off of in Seattle, yes. we actually were late shooting. They, they yelled at all the actors because they had some jerk chicken going on upstairs and it was going <laughs> off. So I got off the elevator and I had a flashback mm-hmm. to that moment where the smells of this chili oh, yeah, definitely. You know, hit me and I got hungry. Yo, okay. I just ate an hour or two ago, but I got hungry again real quick.
0: Okay, okay. So I'm obviously you're yeah. tasting everything when you come around here. Oh, I'm so. judging
4: for real. Yes. Oh it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's going yeah. down. Yeah. This is it's legit. <laughs> Cause look, I mean, you know, firefighters, these dudes work up appetites. Oh yeah. And so you can't, you you got to come correct. Yes. With whatever you are feeding them, it, it can't. It has to be legit or else you will get talked about. Right. Yeah, your, your, your cooking privileges are revoked. <laughs>
0: you,
4: you just do hoses from now on. Just like that. It, it's, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're trying to feed these guys because they live together for 24 hours at a shot every other day. Right, right. You know, so half your life is spent with these people. You eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm-hmm. uh, with the crew. So when you, find, you know, when you find the guys who actually know how to cook, who know how to throw down yes. and cook for an entire crew, that's a special spot in, within the crew. Uh, And you get some love so uh, this just made all the sense in the world to me when Hormel brought it up to me I said any opportunity to raise money for the Fallen Firefighters Foundation Uh, You know 20 grand for them 10 grand for the firehouse that uh that Mm -hmm. wins I was like yeah, I'm good I'm in.
0: It's perfect. Now I have to ask you as well because obviously on Station 19 you're playing a firefighter. Yes Did you uh, get a lot of lessons Uh, just obviously were you shadowing uh, you know current firefighters? and just just preparing for the role?
4: No, we have uh, we have fire techs that put us through our paces beforehand and, and, and just worked work us out. Because, you know, they, I mean, little things like getting in and out of the turnouts, you know, they call them, you know, depending where you are, sometimes they call them bunkers, you right. know, we call them turnouts. Uh, it's a fireproof gear that's like 40 pounds of gear. And then the oxygen takes another 15, 20 pounds. So you're rocking around 60 pounds of gear on, but you've got to get in and out of that in minimum 60 seconds. Right. The reality is, if you take 60 seconds to get in and out of it, you're going to get talked about. Yes. You should be getting in and out of it in less than 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, and so, that, you know, when you the first time you do it, you've got to learn how to do that. How does, you know, your, your halogens, your, your axes, you know, and they're constantly giving us more training because mm-hmm. every situation, you know, we're learning more and more stuff. How you work, you know, on the really big fires. You know, when you've got three people on the big hoses,
0: right? Uh, right and right, you realize,
4: right. you know, the kickback of those things. These are hoses that'll knock a, knock a grown man off his feet. Mm-hmm. You know, one on front. You know, two people backing them up, and yes. how to do that, how to march in unison to get that. So it's yeah. it's. Look, I'm having I'm like I'm like a little kid with toys, basically. Oh, okay. But I get to still say really, you know, say grown-up words and whatnot.
0: Great, great. <laughs> now I have to actually. You, obviously, you say you're picking up all this weight, and you got to do all this movement. You're in great shape.
4: No, I, was, I, I thought I was in shape, and then they don't. put us through it. We, no. Look, we, they, got us, they got us sweating like a pound or two of water weight every day that we're in the turnouts, because oh, we'll be man. in the gear. You know, That's one thing that actually, because I give all credit to the real firefighters, because nobody else cut on a real fire.
0: Right, right.
4: But they turned around and gave us the props. They said, listen, man, they said, most of our fires are about 45 minutes at a shot. They said, we're in the turnouts for 8 to 12 hours. Uh, on like a you know on a big day, and sometimes it's out in the heat, and they're like, yes. yeah, they said good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. The firefighters were like, I don't want to do that game. So, uh, mm-hmm. so we have our fun. We have our fun. We, have, we we're slinging stuff. I'm jumping on and off of trucks, and we're slinging around gear, and but it's fun. It's just, right. you know everything you did when you were a kid, right. but now they're paying me to do it. Right, right. Well, Jason, thank you very much for uh, taking the time and obviously coming out here and judging. So uh, no, we appreciate it's, it. it. It's, I mean, look, anything. I just want people to recognize that the firefighters are the one public servant that are pure heroes Yes. because when they come it's only because you're having a bad day. Right. you know anything everything else gets complicated firefighters mm-hmm. are very uncomplicated they're just there to protect and serve the community and so right. anything we can do to help them uh i'm all about it right. thank you very much all right man take care eddie garrett and milton
1: um, i mean huge honor to be even in the top five of the best firehouse chilies in the country um and especially knowing that we're going to crown a winner out of this But on a more important note from my standpoint, uh, just thank you for all the work that you guys do day in and day out as firefighters to build a safer and stronger community. Um, You know, we're really humbled to have you here and the fact that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to travel out to New York and come to an event like this. Um, And it's been really heartwarming seeing a lot of the community um, rallying around Know, a little pressure from some of the people here, you know, but that's okay. Um, but no, it's been great seeing the local communities get so excited and jazzed about this as well. Um, very excited to have Jason George with us from um, ABC's hit show Station 19. So as one of our um, celebrity judges, so that'll be great. Um, so we'll be comparing notes here, um, and then uh, Chief Ron as well from the National Firefighters or Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Um, obviously, very honored as a brand to partner with a great organization. And you know, had some time to do some reflecting last night as you think about what firefighters do. And I mean, you guys are true heroes. Everybody that's here is a firefighter because you run into danger when other people are running away. And I don't think there's a lot of lines of work that people can say that about that. So just as a community and a country, we are so much better off for having firefighters and having the willingness to do what it takes, whether it's running into a burning building or making sure that we have all the electricity uh, kind of working on breakers. So, with that, uh, we're very excited. Um, we'll turn it over to Jason George to say a few words as well, so. Look, I, I don't want to say much. But I want to get to eating. Uh, uh, so I've never
4: had a seafood chili before, so I'm looking to check it out. We got some turkey down the way. I'm just honored that, uh, to be a part of this, because for me, look, we do, you know, I'm from Hollywood. We, we do make believe. You guys are the great uh So we give mad respect to that. And then when they reached out to me and said that we we're gonna be giving $20,000 to the Fallen Firefighters Foundation, that, like I said, I'm in. Uh, because for me, that's that's the world. I'm a Navy frat. And that's how I understand what service is to your community. But you guys do it here every day and for people who need it. So it's just enough. any way that we can say thank you uh, is worth it. And I also know one thing we've learned from all the firefighters that we work with on our show is uh, y'all are brutally honest with each other.
7: <laughs> the province <laughs> fellas
4: over here know the real deal. It's come out from every single one of the contestants that, uh, you know. When they uh, use their uh, when they use their crews as guinea pigs, uh, they get told the real deal. So uh, I think we're going to try and do our best to bring the real deal. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to thank Romel for bringing me out uh, to be a part of this because uh, eating some good food, meeting some good people, and uh, hearing some great stories about you know the, the you know America's bravest you know it was, uh, it was a beautiful thing. Thank you guys for here
13: It's not
11: I think so. Let's do it. Yeah. What you're going to have today is four ground pork as the base, which I believe makes it uh, really the, gives the flavor. Um, I use Spanish chorizo, which is a, a hard uh, chorizo from Spain. And I rendered the fat out of that. I use that as the base for my sofrito where I added pork. And then I braised a piece of pork and some sour oranges, as we refer to, naranja agria, sour oranges, which is what they make mobile with. It's very common, it's found in the Caribbean, it's found in South Florida. So, all the, and then, excuse me, the last ingredient I, I wanted to include is guava paste. And I use the guava to get a little bit of sweetness to balance the acidity from the sour oranges. So you have a little bit of acidity, you have a little bit of sweet. You got a little bit of smokiness from the chipotle peppers and the double sauce. And you know, it's a unique chili. I think it's just gonna really wow well the palate. And of course you have the plantain chips, which I like and my kids like to eat it. And we'll use the chips actually to, to eat the chili with. And in my home, he can change to do whatever he wish with it. And of course we'll have the time to slice it because, you know, you it So yeah,
3: Sure. Okay. Well, okay, my name is Milton Williams. I'm from the Dallas Garden Park. Um, chili, what kind of stuff? It is a Texas recipe, born and raised outside of San Antonio in the mid-1700s. Uh, started out to incarnate chili with meat. And my chili is a 30-year recipe in the making. Of What I uh, wanted to do with this chili is I wanted to keep, because chili has it it is expanded around the world. Uh, Anywhere you go, you can find a different type of various uh, various of chili, you can see here. we got five different types of chili. Well, I wanted to make sure that my chili stayed true to its form. So uh, what makes it unique, though, is that um, everything that I use for the most part um, in my chili um, comes from the Southwest region. My chili peppers are all from Texas, California, and New Mexico um then i wanted to kind of kick up the flavors a little bit so i use dried smoked chipotle peppers that have been ground up uh, you have uh ground uh toasted and ground coriander and cumin seeds as well in there and then just to give it a little added flavor i use a dark amber beer my name's damon 30 year 30 of from the province by the um
10: and obviously you could tell there's a little twist on my chili a little bit uh, outside of the box but um, you know, guys gave me a little bit of harassment about it, you know, not being a chili. But if you do look in the Webster's definition of chili, seafood chili is mentioned in So by definition, this is a chili. Webster's good enough for me. So what we went with here was seeing that, you know, I'm from Rhode Island, it's considered the ocean state. So seafood is something, you know, that we use a lot of, you know, readily available to us. So I wanted to do like a east meets west meets south. So, as Milton had said, you know, this is a Texas sort of dish, you know, it's a national dish of um, them down there. So, that's the southern portion of it. The western portion is I can get my chili powders and everything out in New Mexico. Um, So, that's where all the uh, the chili powders come from. And then the east portion of it is, you know, from the east coast and the seafood. Um, So, you know, we have dry sea scallops, two different ways inside of the chili. I cook some in the chili itself. And then I also uh, put their dry rub seasoning on some, and we fried them with those lightly. We also uh, put a little bit of a southwest dry rub on some pork belly, which are the darker pieces that you see on the top. Which is a little twist on the scallops wrapped in bacon that you kind of see in a lot of bodies, at least up in my area. So that's like the scallop and bacon twist to it. Um, and then there's a couple of ch- just chunk pieces of crab. I want to use that for the contrast, the white pieces on the top. And then the rest of all uh, the crabs have been incorporated into the dish. And um, we cooked it down and, you know, see how we do. Okay, okay. Thank you.
4: Thank <laughs> you. So, my name is Andy Meyer, representing the Dale City Volunteer Fire Department. Um, what I have for you is something I call smoke show, And it is named that store up of in the fire department. That means we show up to the dispatch address and we see smoke coming in this context, it represents my love of barbecue and lots of smoky good things that we've got in there. We've got smoked brisket, bacon from Hormel, we've uh, smoked Chipotle peppers, and, uh, and there's some corn that's been smoked for a while. So hopefully if I'm today, we're going to take the $10,000 and My department has a program where we send Santa on a fire truck to determine the old children
13: in our community, maybe this every year. So just, uh, these funds would do a great and then last but not least, uh, just like a lot of the other gentlemen trying to represent where they grow up, and what they're used to in chili. Chili like barbecue, depends if you're Kansas, Texas, it's all going to taste a little different. So Minnesota, the turkey growers capital of the world, third generation turkey farmer myself, second generation firefighter. Uh, we're always trying to find a new way to use turkey. Uh, simple ingredients, just turkey, beans, broth, uh, chilies, heavy cream. You see it's a little different color than everybody brought to you today. I just wanted to try something a little different. Um, I've been making this chili for a fundraiser in our uh, community for four years. Now we took home first place a couple of years out of that, so I'm very proud to be here with you guys today, um, representing Minnesota. Um, so or very big in the turkey industry. I'm not sure if it was your brand today or not. Let's say it is. In a perfect world, it's a little closer home, I'd love to bring some of our family back here, just due to the fact there's a long distance to travel and freshness and things like that. Um, we went with whatever they had. Um, but again, just a little different twist, on cream based versus a tomato based product. Um, if we are luckily enough to be chosen, um, our fire department will be purchasing PPE turnout here. Uh, for the last, uh, as you know, NFPA says 10 years, we're pushing 15 in the last two years, we've been denied by FEMA um, for PPE. So um, so we'd like to use that money to help our, at least a few of our guys to be able to save.
1: America's best firehouse chili
13: is Eddie
1: from Dale City. And one last thing while everybody's coming together, we'll let them come up and no, we got one last surprise. All right. The last thing that we have today is while well, we have one "quote unquote" winner from today, and obviously incredibly well deserved, you guys are obviously all winners in our book just from having gotten here. And so we actually have five golden tickets, one for each one of you guys, to go compete in the World Food Championships Chili Cookoff in Orange Beach, Alabama. Uh, I think it's end first weekend of November. Um, so a good time to get out us some cold weather for those of us that are from that area. Um, so we can follow up with you after that, but just for being a finalist, you have to win your way into the competition, and you guys have all, by virtue of being finalists, qualified for
0: that, so congratulations. Okay, I'm here with Eddie from Virginia, and congratulations. Uh, you are the winner today. How does it feel?
4: Oh, it feels so awesome. I'm so proud. So Thank you.
0: So proud. Uh, is this your first competition?
4: Um, I've competed in really, really small events, you know, around town and stuff, but, but never anything this,
0: this large on this scale. So. Is there any uh, shout-outs you want to give to anybody, obviously, after the big win? I'd love to give a shout-out, shout-out to my uh, crew back at Station 13 in Dale City, you. You're and uh, to my family. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Right. I want to thank everybody from the uh, National Firefighter chili cook off uh mr jason baskin the senior brand manager of hormel chili for taking the time to speak with me as well as jason george the uh, guest judge and star of abc station 19 for uh just chopping it up with me and just sharing their thoughts on the event as well as uh everybody from the atlantic Anic that i got the opportunity to speak with it was a great event and um i just like i said it's the 100th episode I want to find more events, more things that people are interested in regarding sports or just competition in general. I'm all for it, so be on the lookout for that. We have uh, plenty more episodes to go. This is number 100, but we are far, far, far from over. And I'm just thankful once again for you guys for tuning in. At Eddie C. Jr. on Twitter and Instagram, as always. Until next time, everyone take care. This has been Sports Social with Eddie C. Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio iHeartRadio Radio and Spotify.